up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. It's episode 61. Uh, today, I got to talk to uh, a former sailor that uh, I served with, and uh, I've been wanting to talk to a quote-unquote junior enlisted nuclear trained person, of which uh, this man is, and he's also just an interesting dude. Um, we talk about his music, which he's getting really into, and I just like supporting everything that is a veteran or active duty member, like doing something cool, creative, whatever. Um, I just veteran owned businesses, anything I like, any of those types of things, if I can support it or give it a push, I like to do that. And I just think it's interesting to see kind of the human side of sailors, but, um, we also got into a lot of interesting like leadership stuff and his experiences as a nuclear trained uh, ET. So um, check it out and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. So the way I always start uh, is just give and you, you don't have to give all the details in the world. It's completely up to you how much you share. But like start with like your background in the Navy, like what you do, how you ended up here, et cetera. And then we'll go from there. OK. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm uh, ETN1 Gonzalez. Uh, I joined the Navy in 2014, uh, went into the recruiting office to be a corpsman, uh, cause nah, that's what my, me too, oddly <laughs> yeah, enough, <laughs> that's what my, uh, my father-in-law was, you know, and of course, uh, you know, I'm marrying his daughter. So he's like, Hey, why don't you join the Navy? It'd be really great yeah. if you left. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Um, yeah. So I, I went to go join the Navy. You know, I got, I guess I got a pretty good score on my ASVAB. And of course he's yeah. like, Hey, do they you like free, money? Yep. And Same I was like, yeah, I like money. And he's just like, why don't you be a nuke? And I, I was like, I have no idea. I'm like right out of high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, went to MEPS, you know, took my ASVAB uh, and like I said, scored pretty well, I guess. And um, then I joined to be a nuke. You know, I was in like depth for like 11 God, months or silly, so. Silly rabbit. I, dude, <laughs> when they, ha- they had me in there and I got a high ASVAB score and they're like, congratulations, you qualified to be a nuke. I'm like, I don't want to be a nuke. I already did. I'm a researcher. Like I, I come in prepared. I knew exactly what I wanted <laughs> I to do. I did not. I wanted to be an FMF corpsman. And then if that was cool, I would go maybe do some other stuff. But I was probably, I was just looking for an adventure before I went on to do whatever I was going to do with my life. Yeah. You know, the whole like see the world thing was like pretty cool. You know, my wife and I had recently gotten married like right before I joined. Yeah. Um, So I was like, yeah, you know, the Navy thing I think is good for our future. Right. Like I never like I wanted to go to college for music and I was like, realistically, I could probably never make a good living off of that. So let me make something like more stable career uh, choice. And um, yeah, so I, I, you know, like I joined the Navy 2014, like, um, then from there, you know, from boot camp, I went to to Charleston, did my schooling there, and then I um, went from there to Washington and um, did a sea tour there. And then you met the best CS senior chief in the world, <laughs> and he yeah, enriched I did. your life I did. in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, he certainly showed me that yelling does actually do something. Sometimes, um, <laughs> sometimes, when judiciously sometimes. applied in the correct situations, yeah, 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 it's you know pick and choose, and then you most know, of like the those... time I wasn't yelling either. I feel like it's like air quotes yelling. <laughs> I like raise my voice a lot because I'm a passionate dude, but like when I'm yeah. actually screaming, like well, I, I mean, I wouldn't say like forehead vein yelling or anything like that, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was definitely got the point across, and, and you know the shiniest boots in the fleet, I'd have to say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so from uh, the sea duty, I'm currently now um, in shore duty, kind of. It's a kind of, yeah. yeah, it's a, a decommission uh, of a submarine uh, two, I guess. Um, here in Washington, yep. So you I've guys just kind of like are there to monitor the reactors because they're not yanked out yet, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. Basically. You know, we're just kind of, yeah, overseeing like defueling and then eventually scrapping it, you know, gotcha. for both boats. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've been uh, in the Navy um, six and a half years. Uh, yeah. So April will be seven. So I'm still kind of, you know, it feels like I'm still kind of new, like, you know, yeah. it feels like junior sailor still. A um, little. And we'll talk about bit. some of that because I want to, that'll be a question for later is like the, how fast you guys, like they use rank as an incentive for nukes and yeah, seems absolutely. a whole bunch of people put in leadership positions that were far from ready as a result, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. So the, you said, so you said early on, obviously music was a passion. How did you, cause I, like I was always walking by the weapons office and I can hear you in there playing the guitar and singing. <laughs> but I was like, I just, you know, I didn't, I'm like, he sounds great, but like, I didn't know it was this level of a passion. How did it go from like, I just want to go to school from, for music, but I don't think I can make a living at it to what you're doing now. Well, so I think early on, like, um, growing up, like my dad was like in a band back in like the sixties and the seventies and yeah. like growing up, like it was always music, like in my house all the time. Right. Um, so like, you know, in- introducing me to music and then like I started playing guitar when I was like 12. Um, and then like I was playing like, you know, lead guitar and, uh, you know, heavy metal and stuff like that, like the angry at your parents kind of music. Uh, so I was, do- you know, I was doing that for, for a long time. And uh, then I was like, oh, you know, I kind of want to start singing. Like if I want to do shows, like it's going to be really hard for me to, to be able to take this anywhere. Like it's kind of like, yeah doing that type of music is not really as I, I mean, I wouldn't say as popular, but it's not like I can't go to like the park and play like death metal in front yeah. of like, you know, a fountain. And then people are like, Hey, I mean, you know, maybe I, it depends yeah, on I, what fountain <laughs> and where. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, not in uh, Charleston, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I in, in Charleston, I kind of started um, playing more like acoustic guitar and like piano and, and singing and stuff like that. And then, I found out I really liked it. You know, I was yeah. like pretty like new to it. So like not very good at it then. Not that I feel like I'm that great at it now, but like I definitely um, had, had a long way to go. Right. Um, so I just kind of kept, kept up with it. Uh, as far as before the Navy, like music was always a big thing. I was still playing lead guitar at the time. I'm like, Hey, I want to go to, um, to college and I want to study music. And it's just kind of one of those things where like as a 16, 17 year old, like, um, just about to graduate high school, I was like, you know, I, this is probably not the right choice for me to make. Cause it's like, I, I can't really think of too many people that I know personally that were like, yep, I went to do music and I was really successful at it. Like my dad was, you know, he was doing like, um, asphalting driveways, you know, like yeah. that's, he, he didn't follow music all the way through. I'm like, okay, right. maybe it's not as you know easy as my 16 year old brain thought it would be at the time. So I was like, let me get something more stable. So I ended up joining the Navy. Uh, is the Navy going to be a career? Do you think, or it depends on if you get a record deal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So like I, I go back and forth a lot. Like whenever I was first joining the Navy, um, it was like, I was in, I walked into the recruiting office and I'm like, Hey, I'm here to sign up for 20 years. And then like the guy's like, Whoa, take it easy. <laughs> like, yeah. let's do, why don't we take it one? You don't know at what time. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was a, he was a nuke ET on a, on oh, a surface, Jesus. but he was a yeah, carrier. He was probably yeah. throwing red flags up in <laughs> yeah. the air, like power yeah. down. Burn. Yeah. But he still That's told funny. me like, he still was like, Hey, nuke is the way you want to go. And I was like, all Did right. Really? Well, wow. Yeah. Like that's, you know, wow. he's like, I know that like you're never going to find a job, whether it's in the Navy or whether it's in the, you know, 
uh, civilian world where it's just like, hey, I love my job. Every day is a, I mean, a cakewalk. Yeah, there's unicorns out there that love their job, and it's they're in career fields like that where you're just like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I can't I, really this. see myself. You know, like I I do like some aspects of my job, but there's like, yeah, uh, it's just not. I don't think it's for me like to do 20 right. years, but like I said, I kind of go back and forth because there's a lot of like really yeah. great benefits that you can get. Right. Um, and dude, the, like, this whole ahead. COVID thing scared me in a way where I would, cause like I'm so close to retirement that it's like, I'll have a lot of the stability pieces of the benefits for the rest of my life at this point. Not exactly the same, obviously, but like my pension is yeah. going to drop once a month, no matter what. And that was kind of one of the things like, as I was going through the cancer treatment, I was like, kind of monitoring everything like i i had to actually i deleted the facebook app off my phone for a little while just because it was so ridiculous like when it, yeah everything was just toxic flaming of people oh um, absolutely it, yeah yeah but it was and i was i just like couldn't it was affecting my mood man i was like i can't say <laughs> yeah much. I, yeah i think it was having that effect on a lot of people yeah so um but i was i didn't like i didn't think i'd listen i listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks mm-hmm. and stuff and i heard people talking about like how COVID was affecting people and I'm so institutionalized because of the military that like, yeah, I didn't realize how fortunate I was when before everybody got like forced to stay home and they couldn't work. And I know there's like programs and stuff that I guess are subsidizing people, but it was like Mm -hmm. when certain things were deemed like non-essential and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, right. I got like ridiculous health insurance, like the stuff they did during my treatment where, and it was like, TRICARE never says no. Uh, like right. they just cut the check. I mean, I don't know what it's like when you're retired. I don't know if, how it's, how it differs, but on active mm-hmm. duty, like I'm government property, bro. They're going to fix me. Like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what is, what's it going to take? And, um, so that on top of the, like I was off work for five months, man, like almost exactly. I did not go to work at all. And I, my paycheck was dropping every two weeks and you're just like, man, like this is kind of awesome. <laughs> like, like, yeah, right. there's a whole bunch of really horrible, stressful crap I had to do for 18 years, but it's like same <laughs> yeah. time. I'm like, yeah, but you'll I never mean, get that in, in, right. in any other career. Right. Like, yeah. and th- that's like something that like, I can never fault the Navy for, because it's like, I've been given a lot of opportunities. Uh, like, you know, as you know, like my wife and I, we bought our first house, we were 21. Right. right? Like yeah. I, no, I'm 25 now, but it's like, I, I know a lot of people, you know, yeah, like dude, from I, my high school and stuff like that, that are like living with their parents right now. Right. And then yeah. they're like working at McDonald's yep. or they're working at like yep. a real, you know, like, <laughs> um, not what is it? Um, like, you know, they're working at like TJ Maxx or something like that. Yeah. It's just like, they, you know, they're, they're bringing home minimum wage. And it's like, I'm, I'm very fortunate for that because it's like, I have, I, you know, my wife and I bought like a four bedroom house. Not that that's what we wanted, but like it was pretty expensive, like Washington wise. Like it's something that we'd never be able to do if it wasn't for the Navy. Like the Navy has set me up in a, in a really good way, uh, you know, to, uh, just like be fortunate with the things that I have. Like I, I got a lot of music stuff, you know, it's like the only way that that was paid for was because of the Navy, you know, it's like I could drive like a 93 Toyota Corolla and like, you know, have like a $50 guitar. But it's like, I, I have a lot of nice things because of what the Navy has been able to give me. It's like, yeah, we don't necessarily get a whole lot of time off. Not like, right. you know, on short duty, not like I haven't really been um, like working 18 hour days or anything like yeah. that. Um, you know, I, I've had more time off on, you know, this weird short duty than I, than I did uh, on an operational boat. 
but um, it's just one of those things that's like, I, I can't fault the Navy for, you know, the, what they've given me, you know? Right. Right. Um, what, like I'm trying to think of, cause like the being, so I, I guess I'll just start with the being a nuke part. So like, I've been wanting to talk to a nuke, like a, a quote unquote junior enlisted guy. Like, I mean, yeah. you're, you're still within that threshold, like, yeah. but towards the end of it, like if you stayed in, but so it's mm-hmm. like, I've never met a larger group of people in a profession that hate it so passionately. <laughs> and it's like, even the guys like, so like your chief the whole time you were there, even the guys that like stick around and do it as a career, like passionately <laughs> hate naval nuclear po- power. Like I've met a handful of dudes that like are fans of it, but they're unicorns. Like it doesn't happen that often. And so I've always wondered like, for the for the guy that's about to go into the recruiting office and get convinced to go nuke when they do well in their ASVAB, like what about it is so mind bendingly stressful? Like because I, I I only I can only make like observations from the outside looking in. Like oh my god, yeah. you guys do a lot of training, but like I don't know what it's like to experience it. So I'm wondering, kind of like from obviously from somebody that's experienced it, is like what about it is like. <laughs> So, cause like you go read the reactors critical, like the page, right. And it's just like, <laughs> wow. Like, so yeah, how does very, that culturally, like how, what is, what is it about it that makes it that way? I think it's just the, like the requirements. Like, I, I think that human nature is just like, you will always find a reason to, uh, to complain about something. Right. Like right. I, I could imagine that like, if I was, um, like I, I can't really like I, I'm not in anybody else's shoes. Right. But like, you know, we'll just say something like outside the Navy. Right. Like if I was like working at some like factory, just like, I, I don't know, like, you know, putting stickers on something like something super yeah. mundane, just like this is all I do. It's the easiest thing in the world. I get, yeah. you know, paid hourly to do this. It's like people will find, you know, something find to complain about, complain whether about, it's yeah. like, hey, this is like super mundane. Like I'm not doing anything like uh, exciting. This is extremely boring. And then like, you know, then there's like the whole like nuke side of it. It's like, people are getting like, you know, my biggest thing, like my biggest like argument with like when people were complaining about something, uh, especially during like a COVID posture or something like that, where they're like, Hey, come in on your duty days. And then like, we'll stay a day after for like some training or whatever the case is, if you have work, um, to do. Right. And then people are like, man, I can't believe I got to stay this many hours day after it's like you're, you're getting paid so and much you money get two days off. Cause it's, yeah, it's like it's you're, so you're getting paid, up. you're getting <laughs> paid a lot of money to, to, yeah. to come into work. And like, it's like, you know, we, we started instituting some like cleaning, right? So it's like the yeah. cleaning started getting like more and more, they were ramping it up because it was like the only thing that we could really do during, uh, you know, this weird time was to like, you can go to training and then you can clean like, and then maintain the COVID posture of like being apart from each other, that kind of stuff. Like you can do so much, right? Like when you're on a submarine, it's like, there's not, you don't really have all the room in the world, but um, it's like, you know, you're the highest paid janitor. I know. know? Like I, I, you know, we hear that so much. We hear that like throughout our entire, like the pipeline through, you know, it's like people are like, you're the highest paid janitor. You're the highest paid. Like you're not allowed to complain because you get pro pay too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the pro pay is guys really like when coners say that. Yeah. We, we love that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, everybody's like a lot. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. It's, you know, 
Yeah, because we're pretty much like, okay, so it's like the, the you know, everybody breaks it down into like, yeah, we get paid like $5 extra a day. You know, it's like, yeah. is it worth it? Yeah. You know, that kind so of stuff. shut it's up. Like, I don't want to hear yeah. any complaining. Yeah. You, you, you get paid like half a meal at McDonald's more every day, you know, like that kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, like I said, people always find a way to, uh, or a reason to complain about right. whatever it is that they're doing. Like I said, it's just human nature. But uh, so you, yeah, like, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you think it's like the, just the rigidity of like all the policies and rules and blah, because like you guys, the freaking books, man, like I'd be sitting in an ops brief and some J would come in and be like, can you hand me this ridiculously large book? I'm like, which one? There's like a hundred of them. And they're all bound in like rigid plastic because there's a gazillion pages in every one of them. So yeah, it's like, yeah, the, is that is that kind of what forms that type of an environment? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think that's part of it. It's just like yeah. the amount of like knowledge that you get force fed, like throughout your, your, your like nuke school. Um, it's like you're, you know, I'm not going to say it's equivalent to a degree, but it's like, you know, you're pretty much taken like somebody who, if you join the Navy at 18, um, you know, and then like, hey, by the time you're 20, you're going to operate in some form or another a nuclear reactor, right. like, you know, on a carrier or a submarine, whatever the case is. Um, so it's like you get force fed information like at a really high rate of speed. Um, and it's just a lot to take in. Right. Uh, the attrition rate can be pretty bad um, for school. Like I think my A school was like we started off with like 30 people and we graduated with 17. Um yeah, so it's like, you know, it's not always just like academic attrition or anything yeah, like that. Like you know, you, you have people that were like, hey, we're not ready to join the Navy yet, you know, or ever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you got you got people like that, too. Um, but it's, it's that. And then you go to the fleet where like you, you kind of hear like, oh, it'll be better. Like, you know, it'll, yeah. <laughs> it'll be better, better in power ours. school. It's yeah, fine. right. Exactly. <laughs> better in power school, better prototype, better in the fleet, better after ORS. Like yeah, better after you always hear, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you always hear that it's going to get better in some aspect, but it doesn't, alert. yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't really it just change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pace kind of changes a bit. Right? I'm a Kool-Aid have, like, drinking, true believer that loves the <laughs> Navy. And let me tell you, let me spoil the surprise. It doesn't yeah. get better. The difficulty yeah. level and mind bending mental stress just morphs into something new and exciting and you get paid a little more too. That's nice. I get paid a lot more <laughs> than I did back then, but. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, I get paid a very decent paycheck, uh, every two weeks to, you know, as, as of right now, like on shore duty, like, you know, I'm standing duty every five days and, uh, you know, like, and the workload really isn't that bad. So like right. this shore duty that I have now, like I have no complaints about at all. Like I like all the people there. The chain of command is great. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things, but like, as far as what, like, you know, it's just the, the amount of requirements that we have. Um, and then like, you know, the trainings every week are kind of a pain. They're super boring, but you got to sit through them. And then like the tests that we have to take every month, um, all the quals and everything like that, like everything is a, at a, such a rapid pace and uh, you don't really have time to, to kind of take a break because you're always like training for something, right? You're either training yeah. for, a CTE or you're training for an ORS exam or you're training for the, um, what, what's it called? Like the actual ORS, not just, I mean like not yeah. just the exam, but like all the drills, like you're, you're doing a lot of stuff. And then like, I think the biggest thing that like you will hear a lot, uh, is like whenever you pull in after, you know, an underway or a deployment or whatever, and <laughs> we have to shut down and like, you know, they, they put Liberty down, um, 
And then we hear like, oh, hey, you know, Conor's good to go home. And it's like, yeah. here we are. You know, all of engineering is back yeah. here, shutting down like, the reactor. Like, because I don't think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, but I don't think Conor is just a submarine term, right? It's not, they don't, do nukes say that on surface ships too? I, I, I imagine it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I don't think so. Can um, you explain uh, what a Conor is? <laughs> so people yeah. know. <laughs> Anybody uh, forward of the uh, engine room watertight door is, uh, you know, pretty much how we say it. But And uh, that's because the sonar dome is effective. Like the front, it's a, the submarines are teardrop shaped, so it's kind of like a cone. Like the forward <laughs> end of the submarine is shaped in a cone kind of. Which honestly, like really the engine room shaped more like a cone, but whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it. it is what it yeah. is. I, I didn't invent the term, you know, I just kind of, <laughs> somebody told me that and I just followed through yeah. it. But uh, yeah, it's just like that kind of thing. Like not yeah. not necessarily like there's a great disparity or anything like that because it's like we're all underway. It's like everybody right, will right. complain like, oh, the workload, like, you know, you hear the term like shower techs a lot. It's like, what do they yeah. really do? Like, what are they not doing much. in there? You know? <laughs> I just, so I I was blown away by the raw deal that missile techs get on BNs. Like I, cause I'd never done a ballistic missile submarine until this mm-hmm. most recent one. And good God, man, those guys, like I, cause it's like, they're like forward nukes. Like they're, cause I've sat, I've gone to all their briefs and I've watched yeah. them like work through all their procedures. And it's like for obvious reasons, cause they're responsible for nuclear missiles that we may or may not have on board. Right. It's like it, the procedure there's like all the Swiss stuff. It's, it reminds me a lot of like nuke world stuff, like the type of like how big of a deal it is if they screw something up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, God, those guys work a lot. Like at sea is like a sweeter deal for them than in yeah. port. Like, I feel yeah. like they've got a way better quality of life when we're deployed. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's gross. You're right. Yeah. Now it's yeah. like whenever I was going through my qual process, like as a RC diver, uh, it was I like that stuff got related to me a lot, like especially sitting boards with like uh, the captain, uh, yeah. you know, for like reactor operator or whatever the case was. It was just like, hey, like, you know, these people like missile techs, like their procedures are, you know, just as strict, you know, if not more than like your procedures. Right. It's like they <laughs> their stuff's pretty important. It's like our stuff is is important, too, but it's like a different, yeah. you know, I mean, it all deals with nuclear. But um you know, it was just like, it, it was stressed on me a lot. You know, it's like, I'm, I, I try not to like be the person that's like, you know, I, I have the worst deal. Like I, I try yeah. not to like, you know, one of those people that like one ups everybody that's like, yeah. you know, it's like, man, my freaking procedure had like 10 steps. It was terrible. It's like, well, mine had 11, <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. not, mine is I try, I, pages. <laughs> yeah, I try not to be that type of person, but yeah. it's like, yeah, like, I mean the, the I, job, in general, it's just hard. Like yeah, I feel like you're force. shockingly well adjusted for a submarine nuke too, though. Like, because it seems like like I so we know a lot of the same people, and I've interacted with a lot of the junior enlisted nukes, kind of on purpose, because it <laughs> seemed like culturally, especially um, with one, I'm thinking of one division in particular that you could probably put together pretty quickly. I mean, there was really two. Like when I first showed up, there was a different mm-hmm. nuclear division that was having a lot of trouble, yeah. and then probably as I was. Just before I left, um, there was a sep- a different one because they got a new mm. chief and there was just yeah. a lot of like turmoil yeah. and it was just like, it was, I don't know, man, there, the, the t- there was just rage under the surface <laughs> all the time with a lot of those guys. And it was just like, especially the, the latter one, the latter example, I don't want to like yeah. use the, no, yeah, I understand, you know, but, um, it was, it was like, not only did they, and, and the chief had a lot to do with it. I had, I actually had a lot of conversations with him cause he was a new chief and he, he really genuinely 
wanted to do well and wanted to like yeah, take care I, of his vision. But I, I think yeah, I when couldn't he agree with more. Yeah, when he went out there and tried to apply things in in practice, like in real life, it was like as soon as those guys challenged him, he like started defaulting to like this weird like <laughs> aggro thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't him. It wasn't who he was. Right. And it's like, dude, you just gotta like one. You have such a senior division. And he did like I kept talking to him. I'm like, man, you need to earn the trust of your division. And these guys are all super senior, and they're used to a completely different like type of leader that let them kind of just do their thing and right. run everything themselves. And now you're trying to micromanage everything, and it's just like that's not going to work. They're going to freak out, <laughs> especially those guys. <laughs> like being as senior as they were, a lot of them were also like in that weird like angsty angry like <laughs> stage of their first enlistment which i feel like yeah. everybody probably unless they're really fortunate kind yeah, of they, were, they were like at the age of like you know between like 14 and 16 yeah you know, like sure. and they yeah they <laughs> were like right there yeah. at like that age where like they were yeah man, you know like i i don't like you dad like <laughs> yeah but it's like it's there it's extremely easy to like figure out a way to work with those type of personalities being in the place that they're in if you're open to like learning and like having this, cause I, I talk to those guys all the time and weirdly, I think part of it is a little nature channely, like where it's like I walk in a room and people are not thinking that, Oh, I could totally walk all over that dude. Like, like, cause I established that that's probably not a good life choice, but I also <laughs> spent a lot of time talking to those guys and like yeah. listening to them and valuing their opinion and like, taking the things that they told me because I was basically the a cop the whole time I was there. And like, if I wasn't the actual cop at the time. And so it was just like, <laughs> I would, I would take a lot of the things that we were supposed to be doing as a command or whatever. And I'd go find certain people and a lot, they were some of them. And I'd be like, Hey, is this stupid? Like poke holes in this. Cause this sounds stupid, but I'm not sure why like or whatever. <laughs> and I would actually listen to those guys. Um, yeah. And I felt I kept trying to tell him like I'd sit him. He'd come in all frustrated and like one of them told him to go F himself or whatever. And he'd like fire the LPO for some reason or whatever. And it was (laughs) just like you'd sit there and it was like he'd be talking and me and a couple other like senior chiefs are in there. And we're just all kind of smirking. And it's just like he would get done and then I'd try to like talk him through it. And he would the conversation would be productive. But then it was like it would it was almost like his brain would short circuit every time they like. (laughs) poked at him you know what i mean and he freak out and they it's like they're winning (laughs) they're doing this because it's hilarious and because they know they can because you're allowing it to happen and blah 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 and it was like it probably wasn't recoverable towards the end there anyway and then when they got that last chief because of the merger and stuff it was like immediately like you you just looked at that dude and you're like yeah he's gonna be fine like like i I didn't know him that well but i had conversations with him in the chief's quarters and it was just like yeah he's gonna be fine he's not gonna have any issues He's immediately right. going to like walk in and, and command respect, but he's also going to like take care of them and listen to them and do the thing. Yeah, he's going to do like, he's going to do the chief stuff that they need. And yeah. then he's going to let the division do the divisional yeah. stuff that they need to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Weird. Weird. How that <laughs> um, what? So this is, this is one that I'm, I've always, this is another, I've always wanted to ask a junior nuke this. So, and I, I, I need to get a nuke chief on here too, to kind of have the same conversation. Cause I have, I, I know you've listened to some of the podcasts, but I talk a ton about, um, the, 
it's evolved into a trust divide between like the chiefs mess and everyone, because like, as I've talked about it, I've had like officers reach out and all these other people. And they're like, no, it's not just junior enlisted. Like everybody has an issue. I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So now the wardrobe, like, so it's whether perceived or real, like, and I think it's pretty real. Um, but a lot of times I think it's just a perception thing too. And it's all, you know, mushed together into one. Cause of course everything that everybody experiences is real and it's what Mm -hmm. they think it is only from their perspective. But Um, is that there's a huge, like just chasm between junior enlisted, junior officers, whoever else. I mean, probably some senior officers too, if they got Mm -hmm. burned by a chief when they were young, um, just a chasm in divide type deal with trust, uh, where you go on like, cause I've recently, I, in the last year of my life, I discovered Reddit. I had a kid that listened to podcasts. (laughs) I know, I know. So, so I had a kid that listened to podcasts. And he's like, you should post your stuff on Reddit. And I was like, what's, I've heard of it, but like, why would I post my stuff on Reddit? And he kind of explained it to me. And he's like, if, cause I'm always asking for feedback and stuff. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you're going to get feedback. And I was like, cool. Cause like <laughs> up to that point, I've been doing this for five plus years. Yeah. I almost universally have gotten positive uh, feedback and the constructive criticism that I've gotten is like super nice, constructive criticism. And I'm yeah, always I'm looking asking, for hate. Yeah. Always asking. Like, <laughs> but I'm always asking because I feel like the most productive feedback I ever got was from those angsty, angry dudes. Like I'd go find the E5 that was uh, my buddy. Um, so he, he described it as the guy holding court in the smoke pit that like looked like he slept in his uniform and needed a haircut. <laughs> but like, you, so like you think of the like little pint sized uh, FT that, you know, that mm-hmm. hip? Like, he yeah, was yeah. one of the guys like, I, we would go back and forth joking around all the time and he would push the limit of what he should be saying to a guy like me. But I could get so much from that kid because he was one of those guys where he was like really well liked, really popular, knew what the crew felt and like for real. And he was willing to say it to me. Yeah. And we would have those conversations. But he, I think he also knew that I would put that information to good use too. Um, yeah. But that was the kind of feedback that I always wanted. And so when I got on Reddit and I started posting the episodes, I actually asked the question, um, why is there a trust divide between the Chiefs Mess and Junior Enlisted? And I swear to God, I got like 150 responses in like two days. <laughs> I've printed it out and like highlighted it and sent yeah. it to people. And because like there's a lot of stories about like just the yeah. insane oh, I mean, I, yeah, things I, people have experienced at the hands of Chiefs. And I'm yeah, like, see, even, that's kind of what I was going to go for. I think yeah. it's just more of an experience thing. Yeah, and but I was gonna say like even if ten percent of them are true, yeah. like oh, there's okay. a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm just like, so I was gonna what I was gonna ask is like, so first, I'll, because I've just talked that interlude or the prelude right there mm-hmm. was so much about chief stuff. I'll ask that first is like, what was your experience with nuclear trained chiefs? And really, not just I guess not nuclear chain chiefs. What was your experience with chiefs in general? Because it doesn't matter if once they're pinned, it's like we're all chiefs. It doesn't it doesn't make any right. difference. Um, I have a follow on question that is per- specific to nukes, but because um, you guys have a really unique oh, you, uh, like, career progression, but yeah. advancement and all the incentives they used to retain you guys. But what was your experience just with chiefs in general, like during your first enlistment? I mean, and kind of like just up to this point kind of in that vein, like, did you, I mean, was it just your experience was hit or miss and you had some good ones and you had some bad ones or like, what did you, what was your experience? And then do you, do you kind of perceive there to be an issue like overall with, with image and just like 
all the crap, like all the meme based stuff that you see about chiefs, <laughs> I feel like is probably a barrier to communication and trust in general. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's more just, like I said, it's more experience like base, yeah. right? Like I never, like, especially in the fleet, like I never really had a bad experience like with, with a chief, um, like even on the ride that I went on, but it's like, I kind of just really? like, yeah, really? Like I, yeah. I just, <laughs> no, not really. Like I've definitely been, I've definitely been like yelled at before, <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's but like, that's just part of the job. But happens, like, yeah. yeah, right. You know, it's like, um, like, I guess going through like boot camp, you're like, you know, every chief there is just like knife hand yelling, like, and that's yeah, what you yeah. have, like the expectation, like, this is what they're that's supposed a, to be. It's a character. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, playing like, a character. No, I, I, I agree RBC. with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, you don't really learn that until you like, like until I you're really not there anymore. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, yep. Yeah, okay. This is what my expectation of what a chief is supposed to be. Right? right. It's like the only way that they can make you better is by like wrestling you into submission using yeah. loud what's, words and knife hands. What's like, interesting too is, and you should Google this later. It's called the warrior toughness program. Mm-hmm. It's like they have instituted the stuff at RTC and it's supposed to get expanded like in one flavor or another uh, to the whole fleet at some point. But it's they're basically trying to address like mental health issues that manifest later because of stress or whatever. Um, they're trying to address them before, before they happen. So at RTC, you. they're trying to like equip recruits with like better communication skills, coping mechanisms, because no matter what, it's going to be stressful, stuff like that. So they're trying to give them skills to better like deal with all of the mind bending stress and better communicate when they get like, cause a lot of times I feel like when there are, when there is like friction between a leader and junior sailors, a lot of the time, sometimes they're just a bad leader and they're, they're a yeah. cancer and they need to go away. And that happens. It's real. Yeah. yeah it's on the cover of the Navy times a lot. Like yeah. but most <laughs> right. of the time when I, when I've experienced it, it's a, a junior chief trying to figure out how to be a good leader and trying to figure out how to communicate and not understanding how to get through to those sailors. Like, like the one I talked about earlier, like he would come in almost in tears, man. And he was just like, I just, I don't know what to do, man. I just want to take care of these guys. And I just want to do the right thing. And I just want our division to do well. And yeah, it's like, no, they, I- they hate me and they're just fighting me for every inch. And it's like, and most of the time those are conversations that happen, but the perception on the end of the junior sailors that this guy's just an idiot and he hates us and he's like a bad yeah, chief. It's, it's kind of like that whole, like, you know, the, you know, like making a first impression kind of thing, you yeah. know, it's just like he, I wouldn't like, I wasn't there for the first impression. Right. Right. Uh, I so it's it like, really I, <laughs> right. So it's like, you make that first impression and then like people make assumptions about you. And then they're like, okay, this is the type of person he is, whether he's like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. Like, I'm not trying to do this to hurt you guys. I'm trying to do it to help you. Like I'm all I want is to be, you know, a good chief. All I want is to help you. But it's like, when you've already made that impression, it's it's hard for people to adjust their mindset to be like, Hey, this guy's here to help. Yeah. So many baby chiefs have such a hard time accepting help. And I mean that in like every possible, like, iteration i get like so they have a hard time coming into the chief's mess and accepting criticism and advice and like letting a guy like me mentor them into a better chief like they they feel like once they put on anchors they just need to be this like all knowing all seeing oracle of leadership and it's like it's not gonna happen ever (laughs) didn't happen for me still doesn't happen for me like um but then also like the the smartest thing i ever did and i 
I remember as an LPO, it's like where the seed was planted at least, but I had this aha moment because I was shockingly, I know, like, so hold on to your seat. I was a screamer um, as an <laughs> LPO, right? Yeah. So as, yeah. as a young CS1, all I, I did was scream, that. man. I was like, I'm ruling with an iron fist and I was just like, thou shalt do what I said because I said so kind of guy. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I wasn't doing it out of some like sense of like, I want to dominate these guys and I want them to feel small. It was like, I recognized all the potential in them and I wanted them to do better. And it's like, my bar's up here and I know you guys can do it. So why aren't you doing it? And I was flipping out all the time. And I was standing in the galley one day, just like flame spraying them. Uh, and I saw, I mean, three seconds in like glazed overlooks, everybody had unplugged and tuned yeah. out. Yeah. And I just like stopped and I looked at him and I just walked out of the galley and I was just like, this is clearly not working. And, uh, I got to like re like figure out how I got, how I'm going to get through these guys. Cause that's all I yeah. was trying to do. And I'm yeah. sure they didn't like perceive it that way. But, um, <laughs> I but think yeah. I, I think I'd have a hard time perceiving it that way too. Yeah. In all but fairness. The, yeah. The seed was planted for me where it was just like, I need to be able to like, leverage whatever mode like everybody's different right and this yeah. i discovered later but i need to figure out what their motivation is and exploit that motivator so everybody's going to get treated differently i can't apply like a quote-unquote leadership style because it doesn't work like i can't use right. one cookie yeah. cutter approach for everybody yeah that's um, kind of what i was going to ask you about like if oh you like yeah if like gr like growing up in the navy you know like that kind of you know for lack of a better term i guess um like what was the leadership style that you were most like receptive to? Like, what were you drawn to? And like, what made you decide like, yeah. I'm going to yelling is the way that I you know, am <laughs> well, going to develop my weird, leadership man, style. It's like when I was coming up, I had a lot of that super to the point, like, cause it was a lot different back then. So it was like, back then I got like screamed at, I got told I was stupid. I got told I was useless. I got told I was never, I would never amount to anything, blah, blah, like stuff like that, where I was just like, I was constantly getting screamed at and demeaned and just like attacked. Yeah. Things that was, like we are, you know, no, aren't really good for people. Right. What was supposed <laughs> to be my leadership was like destroying right. any motivation and self-esteem I had back then. And I mean, I was yeah. young, dude. So mm -hmm. that was, I, I was the guy that was always like, I, I'm going to be different. I'm never going to do that stuff. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be the leader that listens to my people and blah, blah, blah. But then it was like, once I got into the position I like freaked out a little bit because I was, I had a lot of demands on me that I didn't rececognize from the bottom looking up. And then I did, I, re I realized how little I actually knew about leadership and communication and all those things at the time. Yeah. So I like freaked out a little bit and was like, Oh my God, I got to get this done right now. So I like defaulted. I like almost regressed back to the only thing I ever knew, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so just like, kind of product of your environment. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. weird. But then once I realized how stupid I was being, I, I started correcting it slowly. And that was what was like, I realized that if I, the, the smartest thing I ever did is with, to get back to what I, what I said earlier is like, I started listening to my guys. Like I started sitting down and talking to them and like, I'd be back, back then we wrote a menu. It wasn't like the standard core crap that we have now. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. So I would, I would be writing the, the. Uh, menu for the next deployment and I would sit down with the guys that actually had to go in the galley and do it and be like, go through this and QA it and make sure it makes sense. Because there's like meals you'll you'll write and we because we do a lot from scratch on submarines and even more so on fast boats, it's like yeah. 
if I'm telling like a night baker to make uh, like 15 pies and cookies and a really complicated breakfast pastry, like it's really difficult to get all that done and do midrats and breakfast and make white right. bread or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just a huge ask. And so they would sit down and look at it and be like, can we swap these things? And so like that, that way, cause that way I can like keep the galley cleaner and I can do all these other things. And it's just, it's more balanced. Cause I don't want to put them in there and stress them out for no reason. Yeah. I think that they were more receptive to that and they were more willing to way like try more. and be better at their own way job. More. <laughs> and on top of that, it was like, they, they had ownership. They had like a stake in it. Like you're, yeah. you're, you wrote the menu, dude. Like really, uh, you're the one that said this was okay. Cause there, there's a couple times where they like, came they had a bright idea fairy moment and like yeah. it didn't work out the way they thought in their mind but it's like the menu signed by the captain now man you gotta you're gonna have to <laughs> yeah, roll with you that. learned from your mistake yeah <laughs> um but yeah it was like and the more i did it the more i realized how how productive it was to the point where when i got to the boat we were on together it was like that's all i did man because i'd never been on a boomer before so i showed up and the two most senior guys, I was just like, all right, teach me. Like, what do we, what do you guys normally do? And there were some things that I obviously changed, but it was like, yeah. I talked to them first and I said, okay, so in a perfect world, how would you do it? Like if you, if it, cause what do you normally do? Isn't necessarily what they wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so if we were going to change this to make it better, what would you guys do? Oh, like I get rid of this stupid thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you start getting all that and it's like, all right. And if it was, if I could accomplish all the things that I needed to, which at the end of the day, really, all they are is that it's when I do inspections, I tell people like the only three things the CO cares about are, uh, is the crew happy? Is, are we going to run out of food? And is anybody going to get sick as a result of my food service operation? Other than that, right. I don't care about any of the rest of your inspection checklist. And I get it. Like it's food service. Like the only three <laughs> things you care about yeah, are, yeah. are you going to limit my mission? Is the crew happy while they're doing my mission? And, uh, like, are you, well, basically, are you going to limit my mission as both endurance, like inventory management and stuff and the yeah. sanitation portion? Because if everybody right. gets sick, we're screwed. But right. Uh, like those, are, that's all he cares about. So as long as I can get all those things done and I'm meeting, like I have a book too that has a bunch of rules in it. And it's like when I come to, when I was going to get inspected, I had a checklist I had to go by. So yeah. I had to meet all those requirements. So as long as we're checking the boxes on that checklist and nobody's going to get sick and I'm not going to run out of food. And the crew is going to be happy about it because there's stupid things on there that I need the crew to be happy about. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, Mediterranean brown rice. Yeah, so I was going to say. I know you were thinking rice. it. I could feel yeah. it. But it's like that was on the Navy Standard Corps menu. And I was I was literally told it was like a red line if I wasn't maliciously complying to the Navy Standard Corps menu. So that's I just decided for that patrol, it, whatever's on there is what we're making. I don't care how anybody feels about it because I'm not failing an inspection because some overzealous inspector comes down <laughs> here and maliciously complies to some stupid requirement. Right. Um, turns out that wasn't true, but I had a, I had a master chief that did inspections tell me that. So I'm like, okay, well I'm erring on the side of caution. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. And, and it's like, once I started listening and, but like these leaders, like they don't all, cause all the junior sailors that I see that are like the most vocal about this stuff, like me, cause I was that guy as a, mm-hmm. as a salty second class on my first submarine, <laughs> That was like, these guys are so stupid. I could do it so much better when I'm in charge, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They end, when they end up in the position, a lot of them default back to like, it's this very primitive style of leadership where it's like they're, they're trying to only use like, uh, like an authoritarian style. Like I have legitimate power and I'm going to abuse it to get you. Like, I'm just going to beat you into submission and shit to get you yeah. to do what I want you to do. And it does not work. Um, there is a time and a place for it, but it's pretty rare. And so I I feel like that's kind of, 
that for me, it was like back in the day, like there were good ones out there, but a lot of it was very authoritative. Um, like, because I'm chief and I said so. And yeah, I think, I also think too, though, I was probably the beginning of the wave of sailors that were asking why too much. So it was like, I, we, there was just like a conform conformity to it where it was just like, you just did it. Cause that's what was expected of you. Not that we didn't still hate it and ask why and all those other things, but it, I think we were the beginning of the generation that needed the explanation more than the previous ones. So it's kind of, I think it's kind of altered um, the way people lead in a way, or it's starting, it's at least starting to, because I have a lot of conversations with a lot of chiefs that see the same problems I do, but they also um, have adapted in a lot of the same ways that I have. And so I'm like, it's like, I'm not the only one doing it. I'm not the only one recognizing the difference in the needs of junior sailors that we have today. And instead of the way I came up. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate enough to like, you know, my first experience in the fleet was the, you know, chief that I had, you know, now senior chief. And um, like, you know, he was abrasive to anybody that wasn't in his division. Like he was like a big teddy bear. Teddy bear. Yeah. I was going to say he was for his division. Like, yeah, he absolutely like did everything that he could. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I was fortunate enough to have that like as my first experience, like in the fleet, like I didn't know it, like, you know, but he was very much like, Hey, I, I'm, if I tell you to do something, like I will always try my best to figure out why, like, and give you an answer of why I am telling you to do this. And like, sometimes like the answer is going to be because I said so. And like, that's just what it's going to be. But like, you know, he was very good. Like I'd say 90 to 95% of the time, there was always a reason of, Hey, this is why we're doing this this way, or this is why we're doing it um, at this time. So the difference being that like he had already established a trust within a rapport with you guys so that when he had to say, because I said so, you guys were just like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you you know, there's a good reason because he's demonstrated to you time and time again and explaining you time and time again what the reasons are. So it's like, if you don't already know the reason and if, if he doesn't have time to explain it to you, like you're just going to go do it because you trust him. Right. That's super important. Yeah, yeah, he fought for us enough for us to be like, okay, we have to do this for him. Right. And that's what's so weird is like, like, so the, the LPO that I had, right. That kid would have laid down in traffic for me if I told him to. <laughs> and I, I didn't quite understand, like I understood it cause I've done it, but I did. It's like, you don't think about it the same way when it's you that they're yeah. doing stuff for, but it's like, that's a lot of the time. Like I can motivate people using other things, but a lot of the time what ends up happening is they're not doing it for the Navy, for God and country, for the submarines. Like they're doing it for you, for your, for their leader. Like, and it's weird to think about it that way, but that's a lot of the times that's what's happening. And a lot of times when you can't get them to respond to you, that it's the same thing. Like they're bucking you and like, what's the word rebelling <laughs> because of you, because they're not, they don't respond to you and don't trust you. And yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. So the follow on question part of this is, so I have seen it before where, and I mean, you can, no, he'd been around a while. Like I've seen when they, when rank is used as an incentive, which for nuclear trained people, it is because they have a hard time retaining you guys because from what I understand, it, the a couple of my best friends are nukes that got out of the Navy and they're now doing other things. And yeah. um, one of them works in power plants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like the standard 
that you guys are held to and the training that you guys get is is like levels above what civilians do. So if they get the opportunity to hire you guys, they're going to do it. Like they're like, oh yeah, these guys are like robots. Like this is what's up. <laughs> these guys are going to be great operators. We're never going to have any issues with them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, they do what they're told. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the military background doesn't hurt either, right? Because you're, yeah, yeah you're going to do what you're told. You're going to be on time. You're going to, you know, not going right. to have a meth problem, probably, like stuff like that. <laughs> probably. <yeah>. But <laughs> probably. But yeah, they have a really hard time retaining you guys. So the huge reenlistment bonuses and the pro pay and the rank as an incentive for star reenlistments and stuff. Yeah, it's I've, just because of the difference, like the like right. the, the retention, I think, is the difference between like what the pay is like in a Ooh. civilian plan versus what the pay is in yeah, the Navy, yeah. you know, and, but, but it's I, like everybody I've puts always, benefits aside. Yeah, I've always made the argument, though, that like, why don't they just pay you guys more? Like, <laughs> uh, like oh, you want to make as much as nukes? Go be a nuke. Like, it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, because because it's not like they we do this in the civilian world where like people just get paid like based on your time or age or something like you get mm-hmm. paid the same as everyone. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like right. what you guys do is extremely demanding. Like you said, a lot of times I got to go on Liberty when all the nukes had to stay and shut down the reactor and they'd stay at work later and sit through all that God awful training and like all the <laughs> other demands on you guys. Um, and I mean, you could even make a case for like the risks you guys take for exposure and everything else. It's like, yeah, they should get paid more money. Like their job is really, really difficult and kind of miserable sometimes unless they're one of those unicorns. So it's like, because <laughs> right. the, the problem I have with rank is an incentive and it's for everyone anywhere, right? It's like, because like musicians, um, and I don't know if this is still true, but for most of the services, when they bring a musician in to be part of like the Navy band or whatever, yeah. um, and I want to say, maybe it was just the Air Force. I don't know if the Navy does this, but they would come in as first classes. Yeah, I, I heard it was like you get like this is uh, again a rumor. I know nothing about Navy musicians. Yeah, it was like I'm not claiming you, to be an expert either, but yeah, yeah, it was like getting paid with based on how many instruments you can play or something like that. Like oh, it was like a different pay that. incentive. Yeah. I I don't know any. Like I said, I don't know anything about it. It's just like yeah. you know, you E4s. Whenever we were you know seeing Navy bands right, play right. and stuff like that, is just talk between but, each other of like right. You know, but regardless, is like so. There's times where, and I've known a guy that that like made chief on his first submarine like in his first enlistment as a nuke because he was a staff pickup. And so he showed up, made first class five seconds later and didn't even have dolphins. And (laughs) then they made in the LPO and then he made chief like right after he got his dog. And it's like, so I'm supposed to, and and not like I'm not gonna, because I have to, because I have to get this guy up to speed because he's wearing anchors to work and he's going to be leading sailors, whether I like it or not. But we've set that guy up to fail also by advancing them so quickly. Yeah. Too quickly. And, and bringing him into into a, a subset of the organization where we talk, we say things like we're a product of our experience. What experience? That guy doesn't have any experience. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's been in since like, breakfast. Yeah, right. So it's like I feel like there there are times where when we use Rank as an incentive, we set people up to fail. And I'm wondering. I agree. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of wondering how you felt about it and if you ever saw that happen, because I like it always like enraged me when I would see it happen. Cause we'd get staff pickups, they'd get their fish and then they're like, you're the LPO. And it's like, can he, can he get a minute to be a junior <laughs> enlisted sailor for five seconds? That's like, I yeah. know you guys do stuff at nuke school or whatever, where it's like, there yeah. are operational reactors there. So it's like, not like he it's, doesn't have it's some nothing, experience. It's nothing like the, right. the fleet, the fleet's just, it's completely different. It's like, yeah, the, the rules uh, that you have as far as like operations are the same. Right. Um, you know, and they're like, they're even more visible there, right? Because like you're working with civilian, like 
um, entities and stuff like that. They're, they're there all the time, right? Like compared to like right. in the fleet where like you have the same requirements, but like you don't always feel like you're being watched all the time, I guess. So it's like up to every individual person to just maintain their, like the standard that they're supposed to have, um, that kind of thing. So I, like, I, I think it makes people like relax a little bit more uh, once they get to the, to the fleet because they don't feel like they're being constantly watched. You know, like I said, not saying that that should change how people do stuff. Um, but you know, like, I think it just kind of makes you feel a little bit more like, you know, I I don't have to stress as hard because I don't feel like there's constantly eyes on me, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I've seen plenty of people like get put in leadership positions, like really, like really early. Like I showed up uh, to the fleet, like I reenlisted in prototype, right? Like I was one of those people. Um, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's like, everyone's like, wait till you get to the fleet. So you can, it's like, I already knew that I was gonna, because I was like, I'm not turning down that bonus for anything. So I'd rather reenlist as soon as possible to have the least amount of time on my contract. Um, I knew made a horrible mistake. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I, I knew that the first reenlistment was going to happen for me, um, regardless. So I'm like, let me just do it sooner than later. Uh, so I showed up as a second class and, you know, I didn't have any fish, um, you know, and like, you know, it's not like I was necessarily put in any kind of leadership position, but like, uh, I think two, two years after I showed up, like we, like we had a couple first classes who left. Um, like they were the people that were like six and out. Right. So it's like, they didn't, they left before they even got paid first class. Like they left the Navy. Um, so like I got made the LPO, um, two years on the boat. And then I was the LPO until the last two months that I was on the boat, the last two or three months or so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I got put in that position. Like we were a division that didn't have any first classes at that time. Like it wasn't right. until right. like it was, um, I made LPO and then like eight or nine months later is when I put on first class, you know? Right. So it's like, and, but it was like all second classes and then like a few, like two or three, um, uh, third classes. And they were uh, all which pretty I, junior too, right? Like, cause yeah. Every, so like we, left. we had like, we were, there was a time where we were like really undermanned. Like yeah. we couldn't man a three section watch bill. It was terrible. Right. Um, and, um, you know, like we had our chief, like, we had a bunch <laughs> of random people standing reactor technician and stuff to like, yeah, we had like yeah. you know, d- different divisions, like EDIV. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, yeah. you know? Um, but it's like, even like our senior had to stand reactor operator for us to do maintenance yeah, because I we didn't have that. enough people. Yeah. We only so had a mad. few people. Yeah. And then we had one, one of our guys was FSA uh, and I was like, Oh lot. man. Yeah. yeah. That was a, it was a good time. I would never do it again. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like, you know, like the people that get uh, like either they reenlist or like as soon as they get to the fleet, they take the second class exam and become second classes. Like I expect something from like my second classes to be like, Hey, you need to show, these, you know, third classes that are showing up to the boat, like you need to show them how to qualify. You need to show them how to do maintenance. Like, yeah. like they, they need to learn how the division runs, you know? And it's like, but they got here. They just got a few here, months yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's like, what I feel like it stunts your growth almost where it's like, not there are, there are guys and I'm sure girls, I'd like, I don't have that experience with female listed on submarines. So that's why I say guys so much. I suck at pronouns. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the guys I've seen that like there's guys I've seen that have succeeded after making chief in seven years or something like they go 
you know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're like, they're the right yeah. type of like personality. They've but, kind of like taken yeah, on the I, right, like leadership rare, mentality. It's yeah, rare. I agree. I agree it's with that. Yeah. really rare. Um, and that's what I, I like. There used to be a time and service requirement to make chief. And I want to say it was a, like 11 or 12 years. And I'm like, that should be real again. Like, cause I've read us, I read a story once in the Navy times about a damn and I'm not judging him, especially if he listens, a damage controlman that made chief in like five and a half years. Like, that should not wow. be possible. That yeah, should not be crazy. possible. When you think about what we demand of chiefs and what we expect of them, and then like even like what we preach organizationally, it's like, yeah, how? Like, how do you how do you come into that subset of the organization with all those parameters? It's like we talk yeah. about we're a product of our experience and blah blah blah, and it's right. like that he's been in he's been in the navy since breakfast like that yeah, doesn't right, make exactly. any sense man and yeah. it's like not only like the to be to be the leader that you're expected to be not just by the mess but by the junior sailors and the officers and yeah. everything else it's like like i'm expected to be able to brief the co i'm expected to be able to advise officers on what they should do i'm expected to be able to train junior officers which oh by the way become right. future co's i can't right. do any of those things without the experience at the level that i have and it's like i made chief in nine and a half years i was barely ready and I was on a special projects platform where they kept me there as a chief. I thought I was going to go somewhere else and right. get some training wheels and they were going to nerf some stuff for me. No, no. Like most ridiculous submarine in the fleet, first chief's tour, you'll be fine. Go. Like, I'm like, oh, this is what <laughs> yeah. we're doing? Okay. Like no fleet attorneys. <laughs> we were undermanned. I was just like, oh. And then they're like, oh, you need to be the career counselor too. It's like, wow. Normally that's a first <laughs> class, but no. It's yeah. like, okay, cool. I'm still trying to figure out how to chief and put my anchors on it correctly. And you're like, Oh yeah. Peter Council too. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where like I, my personal like feeling of it, like if I were to stay in, like make chief, whatever the case is. Right. Cause like I'm up to take the exam in January. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, depending on yeah. what, what goes yeah. on. Right. Which for you, uh, that, I mean, I almost feel like it's an average time frame for you too. Like you're not even that fast. Cause it's no, like seven no, years. Like, so you'd make it at like eight. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like a pretty, a pretty normal time. Insane. Right. Yeah. It's like I put on, <laughs> I put on first class. Yeah. Like I put yeah. on first class at like four and a half years. Yeah. Right. Like that's when I got frocked. I didn't start getting paid till like, um, June. So it was like five years and two months right. or so. Uh, so it's like, um, I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily fast or anything like that. I don't feel like I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an EP sailor. I'm a pretty regular you know, MP guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, I, it's, it's a conversation that I, I find myself having a lot, like, and I'm not, you know, like big on the Navy, right? Like I, I wouldn't say that I'm against it, but it's like, I'm not yeah. like super like heavy into the cool later and like, however you right. want to put it. Right. It's like, it's to me, it's a job and I just want to do my best at what I'm paid to do. Is right? it, is it because your you like your passion is elsewhere, obviously, or is it because of the experience and you're just like, nah, this isn't for me. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just kind of both. Like, you okay. know, it's like, I, I think that there's, I mean, not necessarily just both. I think there's a lot of things where it's like, I feel like, Hey, I can make more money doing this job like right. out somewhere. And like, I know like six or seven people that were, you know, RC divers six and out and they're making like yeah, yeah, 40, crazy. 50 grand more a year than I am. Crazy they're, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they sound so happy. Yeah, you know? It's so hard to, yeah, yeah it's it, so it, hard. It, but you know, the grass is always greener, right? Argue. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I had a like, buddy, he was a nuke mechanic on my first boat and he got out as a second class, I think. Mm -hmm. And he went back to, I think South Carolina and I, whatever he was doing, he's like working for the city for some reason. I guess he just didn't want to do anything with nuclear power. 
for a while at least. And he said, he told my buddy a story one day where he was like in a, I like some kind of protective suit, kind of like a Tyvek suit and he like goggles and like a respirator on and he was jackhammering in a sewer and it's literally like feces and urine Mm. and he's running a jackhammer and he's like smiling and laughing. And his buddies, when they got out, they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you actually like this? He goes, no, but I'm not on a submarine. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I get it. But because yeah. uh, I, I like officers, uh, guys that want to be officers for the same reason. It's like, yes, yeah. ask an enlisted guy, like a first class. Um, like, hey, what do you, why do you want to be an officer and not a chief? It's like, because they make more money and people like, think that's some kind of like a negative response of some kind. And it's like, and money why? is a big motivator for money is you know? a huge motivator, especially <laughs> if money like, and Liberty. Uh, yeah. Especially if it, it's like, you got to think long-term, like I take better care of my family. My pension's going to be bigger. Like, yeah. Like if you think about retirement, uh, yeah. like I think a lot of people default bad. to officer and if yeah, not, they, not they should need officers, you know, you know like yeah. it's not, it's, I, I don't want, I would rather have an officer with enlisted experience, especially if it was positive enlisted experience right. than, you know, a, a brand new baby. not like, you know, obviously if you train them correctly, they're going to be good too, but, yeah. um, it's always it's gonna easier be to relate. Case, yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I like, I like prior enlisted officers. I almost, there's a small part of me that thinks that they, everybody should come from the enlisted, like all officers should come from the enlisted force. Um, yeah, just cause, I, yeah, I like I, that. the experience I've had with like brand new baby JOs, I'm just like, why, 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 are, I mean, why do like, I have to yeah, their, their like, job is, their job is so terrible. <laughs> like, you know, uh, it it's is. like you, you get out of college anyway, yeah. and then you they show up to a submarine and then they're like, just for three years, they're just so sad. Destroyed, man. Yeah, yeah. Like their I, soul is just gone. I just certainly like, well, do not envy them, but you got to think part of that is because they don't know anything when they show up. So it's like, yeah, but then they get put in these positions of leadership. I mean, it's, it's yeah, along the same lines. Yeah. It's like they got out of college and like, then they went to the Navy yep, and, yep. and then they're put in these yeah, positions of leader. huge, <laughs> huge responsibility, yeah. like, and yep. ridiculous admin requirements and everything. Yep. And like, they're just like, Oh, by yeah, the way, I guess I can work 20 things. hours today. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. you had these clouds. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I do not envy junior officers on submarines one bit. Like, no, no, but that's, I I guess that's kind of part of it though, is like, would their, would their progression as a JO still be the same if I commissioned a second class after their first two are on a submarine, you know, like if I commissioned a, a new QT, which I know like they, everyone would hate me because you guys are so rare and like, it's like so hard to get, (laughs) but like if I commissioned a, a CS to be the food service officer, if I commissioned a LS to be the supply officer, it's yeah. going to be so much less painful because like, yeah, they're going to the, know what they're doing. They're going to have yeah. more experience in what they were, you know, like what they're supposed to be the leader of because they, right. they already had years of experience with it. Well, and it, it adds a burden to me and other people too. Like, so my, and I love her to death. My brand new baby Ensign shows up. I told her you are not allowed to talk to anybody that outranks you without me, ne- without me right there next to you. <laughs> like I'm talking like department heads. I'll let you take those lumps, but like XO Cobb, CO especially, I'm like, I don't care if he beckons you into his stateroom. You say, hang on, sir, I got to go get my senior chief. And I doubt he's going to stop you because he knows that I need to be standing next to you. And there's going to be times where she's going to be forced into those situations so that the CO can punch her in the face so she learns some lessons. But like, not literally, yeah. obviously. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I it, it adds a burden to me because I, I literally am like looking around, like I got to put a bell around her neck. I'm like, like, where's my, where's my supply officer? Like, like just to make sure she's not doing anything she's not supposed to be doing. It's like having a, a child almost in, yeah. I mean, obviously like I'm, I'm making like, 
I'm using examples that are like, she very intelligent, worked really hard, but there were times where it was like, I had to, I had to go stop what I was doing and go fix something because the CEO was flipping out because she said something that wasn't true. Cause she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know what she was saying. Like she didn't know anything like, and, and made yeah, the mistake I, I, of being too scared to say, hang on, let me go get my chief for the LS side or my senior chief for the anything else. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just, it's hard to get put in that position of like leadership so early on. And then they're just like, what's expected of them. Um, right. To, you know, to like, I, again, for somebody who just pretty much got out of college and then like, yeah. especially showing up to the boat as a department head, like that's yeah. terrible. It's that pretty unrealistic. Awful. The expectations, yeah. at least on summary that I, I can't obviously compare it to other things, but the expectations we put on them are pretty unrealistic in a lot yeah. of ways where it's just, especially like, God, went the first qualified officer deck watch for certain, like I was sitting oh, right. there as dive, right? I barely feel like I should be trusted with that kind of responsibility. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I knew what I was doing and I was pretty okay at it, but like, there's a large part of me that constantly feels like an imposter while I'm sitting in the dive chair. Like, are you really <laughs> letting me do this? Like, yeah. it sounds like a terrible plan. Like, yeah. I feel and like the they incident put- report saying they put the cook chief in charge of ship safety like that line by itself is like root cause, just copy and paste. Yeah, yeah but, but then like, they put like a junior officer who's yes. been there for a year or they a year a and a half or so. Baby. Yeah. I just got qualified off the deck yesterday on watch with me. And I, she, yeah. she's she's asking me like, what do we do here? Like, And I'm like, <laughs> you're asking me? Like, oh my God, this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible position to be in. Everybody hold on because this PD trip's going to be real. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, top, it's, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. It was like we were all pretending to be submariners, and it was like, how did this happen? <laughs> how do I did a PD trip with the engineer, and he turned and looked at me after we got to PD, and nobody showed up. You know, we like invite everybody, and normally yeah. like the CD or yeah, the CDO or the captain yeah. or the at least the cop is in mm-hmm. control during the PD. No one showed up because it was a midwatch. Oh, okay. We get to PD. We nail it. Like it, it was good. Not a good, not a bad sea state. It was a good trip. We get to PD. Once we're steady at PD, he comes out to me. He goes, senior, you want to hear something crazy? I'm like, sure, sir. He goes, that's the first time I've ever taken a submarine to PD in real life. In was, real life. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> get away from me right now. I'm about to put my hands on you. I was like, just go back over there and try just not to go, screw anything yeah. up. Yeah. Pretend like, like you know what you're doing. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Like you waited until now. So you didn't want to like maybe have a conversation with me ahead of time and make sure you had some semblance of an idea of what was happening. Oh God. My, I've lost, I lost years of my life staying on that watch. Like just from the stress and anxiety. I believe it. Yeah. I believe years it. of my life. Uh, yeah, man. So the music stuff, like tell me about like what you're doing. Like we'll use this opportunity to plug all the things, but like you, what do you, what are you doing now? Like, you, I know you're playing a lot of shows you have, uh, and I'm not a cool music kid, but like, I don't know what the difference between an EP and like a normal CD is or whatever. I yeah. So like an EP is like an, ex- uh, extended play. Right. Uh, okay. so, and like as somebody who's a musician, I should probably know more about it. Right. But like, I <laughs> think it's anything on a podcast yeah. for five and a half years. I should probably know more too, but I barely yeah. know enough to get by. So I think an EP, like, the rules, you know, quote unquote, are like anything less than half an hour. Right. So it's like okay. a single like is like the one song. Right. And like if yeah, you have yeah, more yeah. than one song, then you put out an EP. Okay. Um, and like so mine just happens to be like 20 minutes and, a, you know, whatever amount of seconds. Um, gotcha. So it's like, yeah, I I use the time during uh, quarantine uh, that, you know, it's like, hey, just come in on uh, your duty days and stay in day after. And like I was like, I made it a point. I was like, hey, I'm going to 
sit down. I'm going to focus really hard on music because I had been doing shows for like um, nine, nine or 10 months. Like I'd finally okay. like broken out of my shell and like yeah. decided like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start doing shows because I, I kind of did it. Not really in Charleston. It was like, right. Uh, I'd go to like the waterfront park there with my guitar and just like, you know, tune my guitar and like, you know, mumble Play, some words yeah, for half yeah. an hour. Yeah. And then like, you know, every now and then like, you know, somebody would be like, Hey, that sounds, you know, pretty cool. And then they just, you know, throw like a dollar in the, <laughs> in the, case, in the open yeah. guitar case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, I, I wanted to focus this time. Like I just released my first song back in January and, um, like, I don't know, as a musician, I'm like, I, I think it's important to release some kind of album. So like, I didn't want to make it anything like ridiculous. Like I didn't have the expectation of like, I'm going to write 12 songs in, yeah. in 15 <laughs> minutes. You know, like it was like, I, I spent two months like the first month was like heavy into writing and like focusing on like the the stuff that I wanted to write about and like the stuff that I like I felt because I'm like very particular about the lyrics that I use, I guess. Um so like I, I spent the first month doing that, then I spent the next month recording. Um okay. you know, and like I can only do so much during uh you know, during quarantine. I couldn't really go anywhere. So it's like right. I just, you know, like over the years of playing music and like you know, pretty much just being like a, a bedroom musician. Like I just accumulated a bunch of recording stuff. So I started recording and, um, then I, uh, like found a producer in, uh, Las Vegas and I was like, Hey, I want to send you all my stuff. Can you, you know, like, um, mix and master this. And then he did, he did that. And, uh, yeah, then I, then I released the, the EP and, uh, yeah, pretty much since then I haven't really been able to play too many shows. I have like a, um, block party show that's like a weird and that's just because of covid i'm assuming like yeah yeah okay yeah so it's like i was playing shows pretty like i had like five or six shows a month like i was doing pretty good dude i was trying to make it to i kept telling my wife i'm like we gotta go just show up to one of these eventually and yeah it was uh like it was super fun to like you know kind of break out and like be able to do that and like i was doing covers right because like i had i didn't even have my own original music so it's like but people like that a little bit better because like Nobody course, wants to hear me yeah. talk about sad boy yeah, stuff. Have you seen like, that new Will Ferrell movie on Netflix? <laughs> oh, the uh, star- no, what is it screaming called? Screaming at him Eurovision? to play that one song. <laughs> like, yeah, the one where it's like a singing competition. I forget yeah, yeah. Name. Like I saw, I, I didn't Hilarious. get to see it, but I saw like weirdly enough, like I didn't get to see the movie, but I've seen bits and pieces of okay. it from like, um, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon or, or, oh, or maybe okay, Conan. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I saw like bits and pieces of it. Where it's like they, when they play like the local bar in Iceland or wherever they're at, um, there's some random song that all the patrons just want to hear. And it's like, it almost sounds like a kid's song and they're like, oh, cheer, they say stuff along with it or whatever. And yeah. so the whole premise of the movie is they go do this singing competition and they're not really that talented, but they end up winning <laughs> through a crazy turn of events. Cause it's a little oh, okay. movie. All right, yeah. But then, so they come back and they're basically like, famous celebrity singers now oh nice yeah they're in the bar again like playing for some party i think somebody got married and he's like all right now we're gonna play the song that won us this competition and all the patrons are just like shut up and play that song like the one that's like the cheesy child like like they're just like we don't want to hear your original music we just want to hear this song (laughs) yeah it was so funny like even though you're famous and yeah yeah that's kind of how it goes you know like you you just kind of go like that's like the biggest part about (laughs) yeah like i hear i hear like free bird like I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I'm playing, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But you know, yeah. here's uh, you know, like I Bruno like Mars or too, something. But new, <laughs> yeah. It's like I never learned Wonderwall. Like yeah, I'm I, not going to play that. You know, it's like I don't want to do it. You know, it's like, yeah. um, but you know, that kind of thing. So it's like yeah. you know, I was doing shows consistently. The, you know, COVID kind of put a damper on that. But yeah. you know, is there's more important things going on than live music? Right. Um, yep. And then uh, so like I, 
I have a show on Friday. Um, and, uh, it's going to be like a block party, but it's like the weirdest yeah. show. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm not used so to playing in this kind of environment. or something. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to be in a, in somebody's yard and then everybody's going to be on their, uh, front porches, like oh. all around the neighborhood. And that's like, interesting. Yeah, it's like a weird concept for a show. I'd never that's like really cool, done anything though. like that. Like, it it is like cool. That like that's really why. Cool. Yeah, that's why it's like I got an email. It's like, hey, we'd really like you to play at our block party. I'm like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, no, it's okay. We're all going to be like at least six feet apart, if not further. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, sure. You know, that's we'll- kind. Con- Dude, I feel like you should film that. I feel like that would be really cool. Oh, I got like my. <laughs> Are you already? Yeah, my- yeah, I have okay. like a manager because I'm big time. Not really, oh, but whoa. like, yeah, the, the guy that books my shows, right? I know, like, a you famous know, person. Yeah, lovingly <laughs> refer to him as my manager. So it's like yeah, he yeah. he helps book my shows. He gets kind of like my foot in the door for, um, nice. you know, because I kind of got tired of doing it. He knows a lot more people uh, yeah. than I do. Uh, so he can talk to like people that are in charge of entertainment at different venues and like get yeah. me booked there. But it's like I tried really hard to like keep my music and my Navy life separate, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, I especially didn't really want anybody to like, I'm going to follow this guy because he's in the military. It's like, I wanted people yeah, to like, I, yeah. I want to follow this guy because he likes, no, I, dude, like, same, I like his music, you know, that kind thing. of thing. I appreciate yeah. that a lot for the sake, kind of what I, I told you at the beginning and I talked about, I've talked about it on the podcast all the time, but like, yeah. how, why I don't want people to know this is me, not because I'm, I'm not obviously not ashamed of it. Like I'm not yeah. embarrassed or anything. It's like, I just don't want the attention on me. I want the attention on what I'm trying to accomplish. And like, right. Yeah. Like, I feel that, that I feel the exact same way about yeah. my music. It's like, I'd yeah. rather somebody be like, I like this guy because of, I, I like sure. his music or I like the words that he says, whatever the That's case dope is. dope too, because I know so many people that would like, I, I've seen a lot of like, I'm just going to air quote, like content creators that uh-huh. like go way out of their way to let everybody know that they're a veteran and they're like, or they're in the military and they like all these pictures of them in their uniform. Yeah. But, it's like it's, the day that I'm like playing a show uh, and like my, like my dress blues or something is the day I, my music career is over. Please do. I will, I will please tackle do. you off of the stage. <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, that's, oh that's God. not the type of person that I really want to <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be that type of person. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, and, you know, I, I got some more music that I've been writing. So it's like, awesome. I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, feeling it out. Like I'm, I'm writing yeah. the music that I want to write because it's not like yeah. I have like Dude, a huge following or anything like that. That's the way to do it though. That's how you get a huge following. Let me tell you, like, I, and I'm not saying I have a huge following, but I, I'm <laughs> in a pretty small like niche and it's like, I know, I don't know. I don't even know how to compare it to other podcasts because that's how dumb I am as far as like Yeah, yeah but you're talking about the things that you want to talk about. Well, no, yeah. I mean, so like for the how successful it is, quote unquote, if yeah. you compare it to like statistically, like for the last two, like this year, we're going to like each year, it seems like it's just like compound interest, man. Like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But like, so like last year we did like 30,000 listens overall over the whole year. And so like this oh, year nice. is going to be way, it's probably going to be around 50. Like I'm, ex- I'm going to exceed 30,000 this year, like probably this month. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And it's, so it's like snowballing and it's just getting bigger and bigger, but I'm telling you like all I've ever done is what I want to do and what I want to do is what I think sailors need. And I use a lot of their feedback. So it's I'm really doing what they need, what they want or need or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I just like see stuff and I'm like, I seen you doing your music. And I was just like, that sounds, I wanted anybody. I'm a sucker for like any military person that's trying to do something like, <laughs> like, like a veteran owned business or like I share, yeah. I share people stuff all the time. And like a lot of times they freak out cause they know about the podcast and they're like, 
like, I just started this blog. I can't believe you shared it. Thank you so much. I'm, like, well, I'm just a dude, man. Like, I'm just a dude yeah. doing a podcast. I'm not special. And like, so I, whatever exposure I can get for people, but then also like it added bonus here. You can enlist yeah. So it's like, I get to have those conversations too, but yeah, I'm a yeah, big sucker to, to like try to help people out with that too. So like, I just, I, I, I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast fan, right? I know there's a <laughs> yeah, lot of gotcha. people that don't like it and whatever for uh, yeah. like some certain reasons, but mm-hmm. um, I just, my biggest, the biggest takeaway for me is like, I'm just going to do what, whatever I want. And it's like, I, there's certain choices I've made to try to broaden the audience, like not cursing, which for yeah. people that know me in real life, know is a big ask, but uh, it's, <laughs> who is this? yeah. yeah <laughs> who is this person? What have you done with this season? Yeah. Um, but it's also like I did it because I, I like the point of it is to help people out. But it's like I just do whatever I want, man. And it's like I, I'm there's been a couple of things that I've hesitated on a little bit because I don't yeah. feel equipped yet. But that's mm-hmm. the only reason. Like I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to talk to whoever I want about whatever I want. Um, I go out of my way to not like trash the Navy and stuff. But it's like I'm critical of things sometimes. and. But yeah, man, it, the, the moral of the story being just like you're going to by being authentic and doing what you want and like what's meaningful to you, and what's going to make you happy is what's going to get you that following anyway. Like if you're trying to like replicate somebody else or be right. like artificially like follow some path to just mm-hmm. for fame and fortune, like good luck, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. my, my feeling on it as well. You know, I just kind of yeah. like, I'm just enjoying it. Like it's not like I can, you know, like. No, the goal, the end goal for me, like, is not like a record deal or anything like that, you know, because right. like I, all the research that I've done on the music industry, because, you know, since I've grown up in the Navy, I've learned, Hey, you should, you know, look into stuff before you do stuff, you know, yeah, before yeah. you join, you know, <laughs> Read the book. you should, you, yeah, nope. you should learn something about what you're going to, you know, get <laughs> yeah. into. So it's yeah. like my research on the music industry and like how it is. So it's like, you know, um, record deals, not really my end goal. It's like, I want to stay independent. But- as yeah, long as in, I can. Yeah. In the day and age we live in though, like, do you really need a record deal? Yeah. I mean, like, I you know, know I mean? you know, like, there's plenty of independent musicians that are doing just fine. They're making a living off of music without, right. w- without it. You know, it's like, like the record deal just comes that, into like distribution. Yeah. And just being a content creator too, though, where it's like, if you almost approach it, like, and I'm sure people are doing this already. I'm not like, I'm not about to like, unveil <laughs> <Invent> something. <laughs> plan. Yeah. But like, just being like a content creator where you approach it through like social media, YouTube, all those things. And it's like, you can monetize a lot like Patreon, all that crap Yeah, um, where you could turn it into a viable income stream right? just by being independent and doing your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like, cause that's kind of my dream <laughs> is because this is a passion project. Like I don't yeah. make money off this, but like right. my dream is when I retire it, like if I could find a way to monetize this, which is probably going to look like, expanding the platform a ton right like right absolutely uh, and i've got some ideas like in youtube's one of them patreons blah 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 all that stuff but like yeah if i can combine my pension with like monetizing this and maybe doing a few other things like that's like i would love yeah to you're that. set like yeah, it'd be set. amazing <laughs> so yeah. that's that's the dream it's not a record <laughs> deal but it's <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so, like I, the dream is just to be able to pay my bills yeah, with music for sure yeah. but yeah i'm not trying to get rich um yeah i'm, I'm not really looking for that how has like what's the response been to the to the EP since because it's only been out like maybe a month right yeah so it's uh, June twenty sixth is when it came out okay um, so a little yeah so it's month. like yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I, you know, I hate to say it because it just sounds like I'm just like like you know, blowing my <laughs> like head up, but it's like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it's been pretty good. Like That's I awesome. haven't really heard anything negative about it, which I yeah. hate. I hate so much. Yeah, I'm like, dude, please tell Go me what's Reddit. wrong with it. Go find yeah. a sub that you can post your stuff to. And I'm sure you'll find all <laughs> kinds of negative. Like, yeah, it's like, I feel like that's like the, I, you know, just like what you were saying earlier. I, I feel yeah. like it's the best way for me to get better is to yeah. like, Hey, I really hate that you did this. It's like, Hey, you know, it's like, like I said, I just kind of like, everybody's just, just super nice. It's like all my Instagram is just flame emojis. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how, <laughs> how do I? Uh, yeah, give me a sad face every anyway, now and again. dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I get so many weird comments on Instagram about like yeah. just like stupid bots trying to sell me followers or like oh yeah, weird like that. porn yeah. sites. Like, yeah, the big like, one from the big one for me for recently like, was like um, weird uh, the logo designers and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah, I get yeah. like I'll get a few of those every now and again. It'll be like three or six Man. on a post. Yeah. Get on Fiverr, dude. You pay twenty yeah, right. bucks and get a sick logo. That's yeah, I messaged one of them guys. back one like one time. Like I was Whoops. like, you know what? I'm gonna try and be nice. I'm like, hey, like go to Fiverr.com, and he's like, can you go on Fiverr and make me an account? I'm like, no. <laughs> like what? I, I Why gave you. Yeah, it's yeah. like I gave you the the path that you need to go yeah, to, to be a like this is as far yeah. as I'm taking it for you. Like okay, good bye. luck. <laughs> yeah, and then just like all right, block, you know, it's like Yeah, I just block him, dude. I don't even try. Like I had this weird interaction with a kid that I'm not even sure he was ever actually in the Navy. I think he might've just stole pictures from people, but like, oh, get good. this. So, and I, maybe I'll just tell you offline, but the name of his clothing company was like something that a sailor would never, ever, ever, ever in a bazillion years, like a junior enlisted anyway, oh, okay. uh, name a clothing company. And so I'm just like, it immediately set off alarm bells in my head. And he basically <laughs> wanted to like, absorb the podcast into his umbrella quote unquote and i'm like what umbrella? Uh, like I'm, i have a bigger platform than you right now and i'm not yeah. again trying to sound arrogant i'm like no no yeah I'm i got not. you yeah it's just I, like i was like i'll i'll entertain like we can have a conversation about you coming on the podcast and like discussing yeah. what you're doing because i do that all the time with like clothing, yeah. like veteran owned everything i love that yeah there was yeah. something real weird going on there. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> nah, I'm good. And I just blocked him. I'm like, this just feels so, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe I look, but it just, it felt so strange. And like, I was just like, this can't <laughs> be real, dude. I'll tell you no, the name of you. it when we, I don't want to blow. I don't no, want to I, I, I know. bash I anybody, you. but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I like, I, it, it, I get excited when I see, especially cause I know you, but, um, anytime I see sailors that are doing something really cool like that, uh, like there's a, uh, BM2 that follows the, the uh, podcast and everything that mm-hmm. makes these crazy paddles, like, uh, is Instagram handles keeping the tradition. Oh, and nice. it's like the paddles he makes, they're probably like three feet long. I don't, I just ordered some for some people that are uh, leaving yeah. the command of that, but so I haven't actually seen him in real life yet, but he's got all these crazy, like really awesome, like videos and, and photos of them. But they're like, yeah, the whole paddle is like, I don't know if he airbrushes it or like screen prints vinyl or something. I don't know. But like the whole paddle is like super colorful and it has designs over the whole thing. And then it's got like, um, really crazy, like fancy work on it with like paracord, but it's all like color schemes and design. The design's oh, okay. really cool. It's nuts, man. They're so yeah. cool. And so like that same thing, man, I blew him up and like, um, I'm buying, I'm I'm kicking in business too. (laughs) Like, cause I I don't even think he has a website yet, but I'm like, good God, man, this, you need to make this a business. Cause it's like the sickest thing I've ever seen. Like every retired (laughs) chief ever has a CNC machine and they're like making all this crazy stuff. But it's like, (laughs) 
this kid has got talent, man. Yeah. Like, and it's his stuff is so cool. Um, yeah, no, it's always cool to see like uh, people just kind of like outside, like um, like outside of the Navy, just doing the things that they they want to do, like doing yeah. like even even like while they're still in the Navy, just like yeah, pursuing that starting, like, passion yeah. project or like trying to start a business, like yeah. like me, like trying to start a business with like music that's not necessarily like Navy and or my job related, right? So right. it's like I'm just trying to. I'm trying to do something to like set myself up for like what I, what I want to do. It's like that guy's doing the same yeah. thing. It's, it's really cool to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I get pumped, man. So that's why I had to drag you on here and talk about it. <laughs> and hopefully it gets you like some more exposure and stuff. Even yeah, though I've already, cool. sh- I've already shared all your crap on social media, but like, yeah. And I appreciate yeah, it very much. Yeah. No worries. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Um, I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, thanks was for fun having catching me. up with you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, always fun talking to him and I'm, Uh, like not just proud of him, the guy that he is and the sailor that he is, but um, it's just fun to watch sailors that I know that I don't know that I've connected with through this podcast, go on and do great things outside of the Navy in the Navy. um, And then just like creative or other just intellectual pursuits. Like whatever, man, like it could be like, just like sports or something where they like, um, get really into a thing. Like, uh, I got really into Olympic weightlifting once and, um, still a thing that I do, but it's like, you know, got sick and stuff. So it's kind of on the back burner, but just seeing people like pursue becoming better versions of themselves is really exciting for me and I really enjoy it. So, uh, that was really fun. Uh, a lot of stuff in the show notes. So check that out as well. And uh, go check out John Gonzalez music uh, on Facebook. He's got an EP out, all that fun stuff. So um, go check it out. And if you like it, support him. And then uh, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit. D gets podcast. Uh, we also have a sub there as well. So you can discuss the episodes. If you want to come join us to do, for doing that, um, it exists. <laughs> and then, uh, if you could support us, like, share, subscribe, review all the things on all the platforms, it helps us out, get the word out, uh, address whatever algorithmic demands each little provider has so that the, uh, the podcast gets where it needs to be. And then, uh, I am in debt one episode on officer programs. I am aware that I did this backwards. Uh, I just haven't had time to record a couple of hours on my own. Um, cause that's what that's going to be. So I will try to tackle that tomorrow. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.